my friends, and welcome to The Afterword, a podcast where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we're studying in the Bellevue Women Bible Study each week. I'm your host, Donna Gaines, and I'm here with my co-host, Dana Street, and our two special guests, Peggy Williams and Leslie Hollowell, who've been joining us this semester. We are nearing the end of our spring Bible study, All That Matters, Walk Worthy, the message of Colossians and Philemon. And along the way, we've been able to learn not only from the author of these books, Paul, but also from the cast of characters that are part of his ministry. We have much to learn from these believers who encourage us to pursue Christ and represent Him to the world around us. You're listening to The Afterword. Well, ladies, we did have quite a study today as we looked at the relationships, the people surrounding Paul, but also how we need to be careful with who we surround ourselves with. <laughs> what did you think of that quote, that we are the oh, average the of Jim the Rome five quote. people we yes. spend most of yes. our time with? Very I really thought-provoking. Like, yes, <laughs> it is. Well, when you think about it, and then you start looking at yourself and you go, okay, think about what you don't like about the five people that you spend. <laughs> 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 and then look introspectively and say, okay, is that, do I see those things being planted in my life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Think about values. You know, if they're worldly minded, thing focused, you're going to have a tendency to care more about those things. One of the things that Paige Brown said about greed and covetousness at the conference that I went to this past weekend is that you never would have wanted the $550 pair of tennis shoes until somebody else got them. (laughs) And you (laughs) saw them on social media and suddenly your life is not complete without them, right? Right. That's how greed is just Mm -hmm. ignited in our hearts Mm -hmm. when we're not focused on Christ and the kingdom of God. But we need each other. We need Mm -hmm. people who will sharpen us and challenge us. What did you think about Paul's relationship with Mark? The fact that he held him to a high standard. He wouldn't Mm -hmm. let him go with him. But then obviously Mark at some points repented and come back and Paul has embraced him and he commends him now. I I love that. I do too. Mm -hmm. Well, it just shows Paul's maturity. Yes. And that he did not hold something that John Mark did against him. He didn't keep throwing his faults at him, Mm -hmm. he was willing to forgive. Yeah, he didn't allow that to define him. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. That's one of those things that we really need to learn. Absolutely. For ourselves as well, right? Oh, isn't that (laughs) Not to allow our past mistakes to define us Mm -hmm. and hold us back. Well, you know, I always look at how Jesus looked at Peter, you know, Mm -hmm. like he knew that Mm -hmm. Peter was going to do all those things and yet he loved him through them. And I think as a mom, I look at Hudson sometimes and I'm like, you are a mighty warrior. Well, you're going to be. You know, like, and have to look, you know, not at the circumstances surrounding him at the moment, but who I pray the Lord turns him into. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Well, and community is so important. Yeah. How do we know that and what do we do about it? Well, we're so wired for community. Mm-hmm. We are made in the image of a relational God. Right. Right. And it is wired in us, but we don't always do that in healthy ways. And it's amazing to me that when we come to know Christ, we're placed in the body of Christ universally. But And then we choose a body of Christ, and that becomes our family. I really loved a lot of what you said about family of origin. And mm-hmm. I, family of origin, if you grew up in a really loving, healthy family, you do have a leg up yes. in the church because that's another family. But sort of the groundest level also because it's a Holy Spirit thing. Right. Like mm-hmm. we love others with that agape kind of love mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit. That's right. And so mm-hmm. I talk to people and they go, I don't have that in my background. Well, then you get to learn it. You That's get to learn right. it through the Word. You got to be in the Word a lot. Mm-hmm. You got to be around God's people a lot. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the early church, I love the early church. I love to look at them. And we always hear 3,000 people came. Now, that is great. But as a group leader, I'm thinking, how did they blend 3,000 personalities and genders? I mean, men and women for the very first time right. were together mm-hmm. and slave and master mm-hmm. and different a lot of complications. Different races and everything. <laughs> yes. How did they do that? And that is the church. That's and right. that is our testimony to a world. That there is a God is. and we belong to him. That's and we're right. different. But they did life together. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they spent large yes. amounts of time together. And they worked through. Yes. How did they do? Yes. <laughs> well, we know they had problems. I mean, almost yeah, every letter that's sure written problems. is to address yes. a problem. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Oh, it's not like they yes. were problem free. Yes. Right. But we tend to run away from problems. If I'm with a personality that I don't like or agree with, whatever, we do it very mm-hmm. casually, but we just pull away. But we're to move toward that person. Exactly. Because that's how we learn to love. That's right. right. We don't know how to love, really. Yes. From the womb, we don't know how to love. You're right. So we've got we know to how to love it. ourselves. <laughs> we know how to love ourselves, but we've got to practice, practice. we got to yes. really get good at that. With each other. Yeah. And the only way we can is when we're really secure in the love of God, Mm -hmm. when we know how beloved we are in Christ. And once we receive His love, then we're set free to love others because it's actually Mm -hmm. His love that begins to flow through us. And that's the beauty of the community to which He's called us. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what it means to be created in His image because Mm -hmm. God is relational in His very being, Mm -hmm. that Trinitarian relationship Mm -hmm. between God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so that's what we've been invited into. So we've been invited into that beautiful, rich relationship with the Godhead, and then to take that out into the world and share that same intimacy and level of community with those within the body of Christ Mm -hmm. and in those that we're seeking to draw to Christ. And that's what we have to stay focused on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so easy to focus back on ourselves, which leads us to that assessment that everybody went home with today. And if you are listening and are not familiar, we were sharing some of the truths from Rare Leadership, Mm -hmm. a book that actually gives us a spiritual maturity assessment. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking to see if I'm an infant, a child, an adult, a parent, or an elder. And Paul addresses all of those in his letters and talks about what it means to be mature and to be full, complete in Christ. And that's Mm -hmm. what God's called us to. So we can know a lot about our spiritual maturity by how our relationships are going. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I don't think we can grow at all in Christ apart from fellowship with other people. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I tell my ladies, you know, you can be in the Bible every day and you can have a wonderful prayer life, but if you're doing it apart, from the body of Christ, but you're going to grow crooked. You're not going to grow healthy. Mm. We need that. Mm. And I think it's a core discipline. I really do. The Bible, the prayer, and the fellowship. I do too. Mm. And if one of those are missing, I don't think we're going to be stable in our Christian life. Mm. I don't think we're going to grow Mm. in the conformity of Jesus. I just don't think Mm. that's possible. That's right. No. And like we talked about last week, the fruit of the Spirit Mm. actually is exercised in our relationships with each other. Right. You know, because... I don't require a whole lot of patience with myself. I mean, I will give myself patience. But when it's with other people, my patience has to grow. Same thing with gentleness. I mean, we tend to treat ourselves one way, other people another way. And as we grow in those, we see ourselves maturing. Absolutely. Mm. Well, you know, and part of what we need to protect against in community is false community. Mm. And we can see some of that through social media and our phones that can be Mm. such a distraction and consume our time. And yet we're seeing a loneliness epidemic literally worldwide. Mm. So it is a pseudo (laughs) relationship when it's online Mm. because we need to be in the presence of people. We need to hear their voice. Mm. We need to see their face to be able to have that sense of connection. Mm. So how do we help people set boundaries and even become aware of how dangerous and distracting 
their phone and social media can be? Well, I think there has, like you said, there has to be an awareness. I was mm-hmm. talking to a young mom Sunday, actually, and she made the statement that she had had a long, weary week with her kids, had been sick. She was oh, tired. She mm-hmm. said, I caught myself just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And then I realized I was heavy. I was angry. I was, Mm -hmm. and she said, I realized for two days, I just finally put my phone down and didn't even do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and we have to have that ability to discern that because Mm -hmm. social media is kind of a double-edged sword. There's so many good qualities that we can find from Mm -hmm. it. We love promoting our stuff, but it's also to have that discernment, like, am I getting jealous over these things? Am I getting, you know, because Many people find their identity in how many likes, mm-hmm. which is what you're talking about. It's a false mm-hmm. identity, you know, a false, because God made us to be loved and to be known. Mm-hmm. And there's a generation that is being raised up right now mm-hmm. that feel like their likes and the way they're perceived, it's a false way of looking at it, you know, so to get in real community Mm -hmm. and have hand touch, pray over me, pray Mm -hmm. with me, that kind of community, there's nothing that can take that place. lowers the stress level. Yes. I mean, just touch itself can lower the stress Mm -hmm. level. Yes. And I know the girls that I teach in a life group, Sunday school, they're seniors and they have recognized and many of them have set boundaries on their phones. And yes. one of my young women said, I've decided if I look at anybody's Instagram account and it causes me anxiety, I just unfollow them. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes. why would I do that to myself? Mm-hmm. How smart. Yes, yes. <laughs> How well, wise. And, and another How young wise. mom, there was two of them I was talking to Sunday afternoon. She said the same thing. I had to go. I realized there were some people that were following me and I was following them. They were toxic and mm-hmm. I had to get them out. You know, I had to right. unfollow them. And I think there has to be that awareness of, hey, I want to know Christ more, but this is not, you know, the verse in Corinthians, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. We got to take care of us so we can take care of others in that discipleship and that Mm -hmm. community. And that is, it's a hard place to be, but that's when you have to have that Mm self-awareness. You know, God told us about self-control and Mm -hmm. all that. But it's so much easier to be on social media than in real life. I mean, it's messy. I mean, and it's great to talk about, oh, I going to learn to love you. And that, and when you really are having to do it, that is hard stuff. Mm. It's really hard stuff. It is. Um, Start out with the people in our own home, right? <laughs> We've got to learn how to actually live it out at home before we're going to start exporting it. <laughs> mm. Because then it's not reality. If you're not right. living it at yeah. home, you're just pretending when you go out. Because yes. yeah. if we can't live it in those people we're closest to, mm. then it's a facade when we go out and you can only maintain that facade for so long at some point, what's actually on the inside is going to come to the surface. So it's an interior overhaul that we're asking the Holy Spirit to do as he enables us to love him with our whole being. And then we're able to love our neighbor as ourselves. There are a couple of books that have really, I think been beneficial to me and reading. And one of them is how to break up with your phone, the 30 day plan to take back your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And one of the things she says in this, she says, if you wanted to invent a device that could rewire our minds, if you wanted to create a society of people who were perpetually distracted, isolated, and overtired, if you wanted to weaken our memories and damage our capacity for focus and deep thought, if you wanted to reduce empathy encourage self-absorption, and redraw the lines of social etiquette, you'd likely end up with a smartphone. Mm. And smartphones came into Mm. being and literally flooded the culture before we knew what they were doing to our brains and our relationships. Mm. So now we're looking back and looking at the results of it and going, what do we do? 
now we're already in, how do we help people put up some boundaries and some parameters for cell phone usage? Another excellent book that deals with that is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And he gives some great advice and Mm. insight on just setting some boundaries, like putting your phone to bed at night and not waking it up until sometime mid-morning the next day. It's turned off, it's put away. And having a Sabbath that's phone-free and having mealtimes that are phone-free zones, Mm -hmm. certain things that you can do to enhance relationship and community because our children need that. Gen Z is the highest stressed, most anxious generation ever. Especially the girls. Yes. And I believe it's directly linked to their phones, to social media. I think a good rule might be when you get up in the morning, no social media till you meet with the Lord. Absolutely. Yes. How about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and that, that's simple. That that's it's very yes. simple, yeah. but doable. Then we're showing, Lord, you're more important yes. to me. You are preeminent, and I'm going to honor you by seeking you first before I check in with anybody else. Mm. That's good. I had finished reading the book of Galatians last week, but I kept mm-hmm. going back to Galatians 1, and I just want to read this. He says in verse 6, I am astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. <laughs> Even for some reason, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Mm, And I mean, mm. I highlighted, I underlined that because Mm. as I'm looking through social media, the Holy Spirit was like, who are these people throwing you into confusion? You know, and I think we have to have that self-awareness. Again, I keep going back to that and that discernment to say, I want to live for Christ. It's going to be an all out, but also not doing it alone. I mean, for me, I remember when I was in my 20s, and this was long before all the social media and everything came about, but I was one who would fill my plate very full and sometimes not always follow through with all those obligations. And I remember a mentor of mine, her name was Jane, and she sat me down and she looked me in the eye and she said, I love you, but you are being disrespectful. (laughs) And I was like, whoa. She said, you are taking advantage of other people's time by not following through with what you say. And we have to have those people in our life that speak hard to us. Absolutely. You know, and I've never forgotten that. Like to to say, I want to be on time more. I want to, you know, be aware of other people's things. But those aren't things that we just want all the good stuff in a relationship. But I think it comes with having people who are going to speak that truth into your life. It's like this conference I was at this week. It made me think about what Paige Brown said. She said when her kids were getting to school age and they were lived in D.C. at the time and she was just panicked over what she was going to do. We're going to homeschool. Where are they going to go to school? She was just worried about it and she was just kind of ranting to her mentor. And she said, I know I sound crazy. And she said, no, you sound godless. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Dagger to the heart. Yeah. But is that not true? If our God is sovereign and he yeah. has a plan for us and for our yeah. children, then we seek his face and see where he wants them to be. And that's what God has designed mm-hmm. for them. That's the, the path that he has for them. So, yes, we have to be that in our relationships and how we use our phone and the decisions that we make so that we are God honoring in what we do because we're supposed to image him. One of the other really good books is 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. And one of the things that he said in this is that we are to image God. So we're to reflect him. And obviously to do that, we have to know him. We have to spend time with him, time in his word. He said, if people see us bored with God, absorbed with ourselves and conformed to worldly celebrities, they will not see the image of Jesus reflected in us. If we fail to reflect Christ, we fail to be what God created us to be. We lose our purpose. Mm. Could that be why we are wandering (laughs) and searching and not finding because we're looking everywhere except 
our purpose. Mm. Which is fulfilled in the local church. Absolutely. And it has to be the local That's church. Right. It's the local assembly. Mm-hmm. And something I was reading, it's like the church is not a place you go. It's a place you belong. That's right. But it's not a social club either. Mm-hmm. And I remember in junior high, like I just went with my best friend. We held up somewhere. But that's not what church is for. And we do find our friends there. Mm-hmm. And I tell single women, you'll find your guy there. I mean, you'll find him when you're serving Christ or whatever. But when we're at church, we're to serve other people. We're to be seeking, how do I minister to other people? Like I tell my life group, no clicks allowed here. Like that was junior high. That was junior high. And if some new person comes in, I don't care if you're talking, you get up and you go sit by them. I think we have to intentionally tell people that to train them to do Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. because we want to get with our best friend and tell about the everything. We'll go have lunch with them later. But when you're in the group, you're in to minister Mm -hmm. to other people and build up that body. And I think that would revolutionize our local churches. Mm -hmm. I really do. No clicks, no drama. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> yes. That's my rule. My girls were growing yeah, yes. up. <laughs> no clicks, no drama. I don't yeah. tolerate drama. Yeah. 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 But one of the things about phone usage, it's kind of interesting. Bill and I went out to dinner one night last week and we were sitting in a place where I could kind of look out mm-hmm. over the restaurant. This was a restaurant that you would think people are coming because they want to talk to each other face to face. That's mm-hmm. what the reason we go out. And I look around. And everybody has phones. Yes. It's like, okay, you know, y'all could have just ordered out or picked up yeah. and gone and yeah. sat with your phone. But we've gotten so used to having our faces mm-hmm. in our the face of our phone. And we're doing that also instead of finding the Connecting. face of God. That's right. No, you're right. And it is that pseudo thing of, mm-hmm. oh, I can get this. Well, you know what? When we get in the face of God, that's where we experience love. It's where our joy comes from. Nothing from our phone can even come close to what just spending time in the face of God. In his face, there is fullness of joy. And can we just say the five-minute devotional that you read or listen to is not sufficient? That's great as an addition to what you're doing in your personal time with the Lord and spending time in his word. Exactly. (laughs) That's not a quiet time. No. Neither is scrolling through social media for what somebody else somebody's devotional has, thoughts. Yes, right. yes has all the out. calligraphy verses yes. that are so beautiful. <laughs> yes. That's my that's my time. God is speaking to me through those through those. And if I repost it, I get extra exactly credit. <laughs> exactly. But you know, with social media, it's so fake, and we've talked about that. But it zaps your motivation to even love your people, mm. and we don't have the capacity to make complete sentences anymore to actually have deep conversations because mm. it's snippets here and likes here and everything. So we've lost the ability to do that, especially Mm -hmm. during COVID. We've not really spoken face-to-face, so we've got to really take that tentative step out and get out there. Well, and Mm -hmm. being on your phone and getting 24-7 news cycle and all that goes with Mm -hmm. that, we were not created to bear the weight of the world and everything that's happening. In fact, most research says we, our village, our Mm. group of people is about 150 is the max that anybody Mm -hmm. can be associated Mm -hmm. with. And then you have got even a smaller group that you spend time with, but really three to five that are just like your best friends, which made it interesting insight into the you are the average of the five people you spend right. the most time yeah. with, that that's really all we have the capacity for in actual relationship. So to think that I can have 15,000 people <laughs> on social media that I'm friends with is a fallacy. And this generation, but that's where they're getting their identity from, yes. you know, and they get very depressed. Peggy, do you want to talk about Facebook depression? Yes. <laughs> if someone doesn't like their posts, you know, then they feel invaluable. You know, I see that with teenage girls all the time. It is heartbreaking. 
So tell us a little bit about well, Facebook I don't think depression. the young people are on Facebook at all. So well, it's, it's Instagram, RH, whatever. Snapchat, but, but whatever. But the TikTok yeah. and the Instagram and all that. I mean, you know, whoever can do the coolest and get the most likes, they're up for that day, but then mm-hmm. the next day's all, or within the same day, mm-hmm. if yes. something happens, they can go up and down based on their peers. And it's like, and they're not spending time with the Lord and mm-hmm. they're not spending time with healthy people. They're just glued to that. But that's all they know. I mean, they've never, like I can remember a distinct time when I did not have that at all. Mm-hmm. They have no memory of that. That is it. And so if we don't have older people speaking in their lives right, and providing opportunities for conversation, and if we don't have that, they're not going to get anywhere. When I think about, I mean, all of us think about when we were growing up, we did not have cell phones. And so when you hung and out we with made a friend. It. It's amazing. Yeah. It is. It? <laughs> but when you hung out with a friend, what did you do? You talked. You talked. You yeah. dreamed. You yeah. shared. You the wrote deepest, notes to each other. Yes. The <laughs> yes. deepest concerns of your heart you shared with your best friends. And you laid around together and dreamed and you listened to music and you talked about boys and you just you know, did all those things that they're not getting to do. And you work through your problems. Yeah, You don't work through problems yes. at social media. You just don't like them anymore or block them. So there's no working through stuff. A few weeks ago, I had a good friend, like a truth teller friend, those friends. I love mm-hmm. those people. I do too. And she came to me and she's very sad. And she, and she told me, like, you hurt me. And I had no idea what she was talking about. And I was just so shocked. Mm-hmm. But she did it with such grace and such love. And I said, what? And she just laid it out there. I said, I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? Of course. We hugged and it was done. And she walked away and I thought, oh Lord, that was the most beautiful thing. I didn't grow up that way. And Mm -hmm. so to experience that, it lifted my spirit. It was a hard thing. Like I didn't like heaven to hear that, but she did with such grace and such love. And we're closer than ever. I was going to say, now that's gone and you're bonded. So much closer, (laughs) so much closer. I'm just so grateful for that experience. Mm -hmm. I need people like that in my life. I've got blind spots. We all have blind spots. We all do. And I need people like that to tell me Mm -hmm. and give me opportunity to work through that. Well, it's a mature person who knows to keep the relationship bigger Bigger than the problem. problem. That's right. Mm -hmm. Well, what are you seeing with our teens? Well, I was just sitting here thinking how my heart is just to keep pouring into them because they need us as older women. That's right. You know, I tell them all the time, what we need to do is we need to keep planting seeds of truth from God's word and pull up the weeds. Which ones are the lies that you're believing or have believed from social media, from anything that you're Mm -hmm. reading or whatever? Give yourself some brain breaks. You know, I think that's important for all of us. You know, I'll deactivate for a week or to mm-hmm. and just say, hey, we need to be out walking Shelby Farms. We need yeah. to be out mm-hmm. there. But to challenge them and to continue helping them think through it mm-hmm. as you were talking about this morning, you know, less mature and to help them grow through that. Because again, we did not grow up with all the obstacles. So I never want to cast stones at mm-hmm. them. I didn't have to deal with that. So I don't know what kind of teenager I would have been with all of that. (laughs) I know. You know, and so to love them and to say, hey, well, why do you do? One of the things I did one time was went through the New Testament and the words of Jesus and looked at how many times he asked the question, why do you? And it was very powerful. Why do you look at the splinter in your friend's eye when you have a plank in your own? Or why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Why? There's a lot of why do you questions out there. So mm-hmm. I always want to start with myself. Like, 
Why do you do this? What is it doing to you? But also then when you ask this generation questions, they have to begin to think for themselves. Like, what is it doing to you? Why do you think you feel this way? What did you watch or look at or go Mm. through that brought you into this deep darkness? Because there's something and we want to pull up that weed. And so for me, that's very, very important to help them think through it themselves rather than to have a fist of you don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be doing that. Josh McDowell. Dowell's old rules without relationship mm-hmm. equals oh, rebellion. Yes. And yes, how you're so. relating mm-hmm. and questioning them and you're connecting with them Isn't and that making what the them Lord did all through exactly scripture. what Christ you did. Know, so. Yes. All through scripture. And then after you've established that and they've seen it for themselves, then the rules come in to this will be for your well being. This is for your flourishing. Yes. This is why God yes. said this because he loves you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so then they don't automatically throw that defense up. Right. You give them the opportunity to talk through why they're mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's a hard thing though to pull because FOMO, fear of missing out, that it drives is. that so much. <laughs> and Alex said, but what if you're missing out on what God has? No. Like, why don't we have FOMO about what God wants to do in your mm-hmm. life? Let's develop FOMO about that That's right. instead of what everybody is doing. And I agree. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to know everything about everybody all the time. It's just overwhelming. It is. It's heavy. Yes. It's too heavy. It's very heavy. It really is. And the whole, I love that, why not have FOMO about God, missing our time with Him? Because if you establish a daily time in His Word and have a system for reading through His Word, God speaks because His Word Mm. is God-breathed and it's still breathing, it's alive, and His Spirit in His Word and His Spirit that lives within us connects and gives us revelation and it feeds and strengthens our inner man. And then we leave and, you know, I I tell people all the time, not every morning is a mountaintop experience, but you have enough of them that you don't want to miss one. (laughs) You don't want to miss your time with the Lord because it may be one of those mornings when there's going to be a breakthrough, when He reveals Himself to you in a way that you've not seen before, because that's the beauty of the Bible. It's progressive revelation. And he does that in our sanctification. It's progressive Mm. revelation in our individual lives as well. And you do not want to miss that. Right. And his presence is fullness of joy. In the presence of social media, that's why we're so depressed about it, because it's in the Lord. It's a joy sucker. And and, and we're in darkness because he is light. So we get ourselves in light. That is, Mm -hmm. that's what we want them. Absolutely. I agree. I like that. That is good. (laughs) I think it's to say, Biblical community is where life is found with each other Mm -hmm. because we have lives that are built around the Lord. Mm -hmm. Social media is built around something that is a pseudo, Mm -hmm. it it is a false sense of value. Yeah, yeah. And it rises... It rises and falls faster than the stock market does these days. I'll just tell you that. And, you know, that's not the firm foundation that we are called to build our lives upon. That's right. Christ is our firm foundation. Mm -hmm. And if we'll build our lives on Him and we will look out from what He's doing in our lives and bring other people in, that's when we find that we don't want to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Because we look forward to it. There is great joy when God's people come together and they are united. Absolutely. Good word. Good word. Thank you. Peggy, would you pray for us, please? Sure. Our Father in heaven, thank you for this topic, Lord, such a needed topic. And I guess probably I would most pray, Father, for us and for the listener that we would crave the things that we've talked about, mm, yes, that we would crave that kind of community. And Lord, we're kind of fresh after COVID. I mean, we haven't done it really thoroughly in a long time. Help us to have the courage just to step out and 
Uh, no one will make some mistakes with that, Lord. We won't do it perfectly, Father, but we only get good at things we practice. So, Father, will you give just a craving and an urge and motivation to to walk in the ways that you call us to primarily to love you with our all, but secondly, right along, is to love our neighbor as ourself. And Father, we have to be with them. We have to be in the presence of them to listen to them and to learn what their needs are and to care for them and to be known. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, thank you for our local church, Father. We are a big church, but Lord, in smaller groups, that's where we learn to love, love one another and to be known. And I thank you for that. And Father, for any who's not in small groups, would you give them the courage, yes. Father, just to step out like mm-hmm. soon and begin that journey back? into community. And uh, Father, help us to be wise about social media. Mm -hmm. Just such a love-hate relationship with that that I have. But we help us to be wise with that, Father, and help us not to give more time and energy to that instead of you and your people. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for this life that you've given Mm -hmm. to us in Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen. 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 The Afterward Podcast is a production of Bellevue Women and Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. For more Bible studies and other resources, visit bellevue.org women.